Hey there, friends, and welcome back to Grounded in the Middle. I'm your host, Danielle Folk, and I am so glad that you are here with me today. Want to become rooted in living your best life? Well, hop in the car, lace up those shoes, start that load of laundry, do whatever it is you need to do, and get ready for a quick trip into the country where I'm going to share stories of homesteading life and restoration. Together, we're going to dig into topics that will lead you to reflect, rethink, and become more rooted in who you are today. And just know, I am absolutely thrilled you decided to hit play and join me here today on Grounded in the Middle. Hey friends, will you do me a favor? After listening in to today's episode, will you give it a quick review? By doing so, you will be helping this podcast reach other listeners just like you. And don't forget, join me on Instagram at Farmhouse Storyteller and subscribe to the Farmhouse Storyteller Journal at farmhousestoryteller.com. This is where you're going to get emails of recipes and other fun adventures here out in the middle. All right, friends, I want to know what camp are you in? With Labor Day officially behind us, were you in the camp of taking it easy? Or maybe you were sneaking in a few more of those summer things off your to-do list, like camping, fishing, boating, having a cookout, doing something fun. Or were you in the camp of taking advantage of having three or four days off and getting something done that you really wanted to tackle. Well, whatever camp you are in, I truly hope you enjoyed your Labor Day. And I have to say that we kind of fell into the camp of both taking some time off because of the weather. It was super rainy one day where you couldn't accomplish anything. However, we took advantage of time to get projects done around our farmhouse and for those of you who might be new or aren't familiar with our house it is a 185 year old brick farmhouse it's federal style however it's kind of a utilitarian style kind of like a Pennsylvania farmhouse and so it doesn't have a main staircase um, but it's like every other farmhouse that's of its age where it needs things worked on and we take advantage full advantage of having a stretch of days strung together where we can start a project and fingers crossed we might just finish the project or nearly finish a project and so that's kind of what our labor day was like it was kind of like a balance between taking some pockets of time to take a break and enjoy each other but also kind of get some things off that to-do list before winter nears. This is a big time in our community when you can kind of feel this anticipation of harvest coming. And in our rural community, you you can, I don't know, there's an energy about it. Crops are turning brown like the corn, but they're still kind of green. And you just know that they're watching. The farmers are keeping a keen eye on those fields and noticing the changes and anticipating of when harvest comes because it will be day in, day out, get get it done, and then it will be time for them to rest as well. So we're kind of like 
falling into this season of work ahead, but also of rest. And it's exciting. And, you know, you kind of sit, at least I do, in the balance of, oh, am I ready to let go of summer? Or am I ready to move forward in kind of closing things closing things up and kind of settling in for the winter. And I think I'm there. I think I'm getting ready to, you know, be ready to take the garden down once all of it is done and just really relax and enjoy, you know, what the fall brings. And so I hope, friends, that you had a wonderful Labor Day. You know, one thing that I have not done yet on the podcast is share about the history of our home. And recently, I had asked on farmhousestoryteller.com if anyone would be interested in learning about the history of our home. And wouldn't you know, I had one person reach out to me through email, and they said that they lived in an old home and at one point in time and they would love to hear the history of our home. And you know what? It takes one person to say, yes, I want to hear the story because I love the history of our home and mostly because it has been forgotten over the years and especially like in the local community, not so much forgotten by the family, but in the local community. And it's no different than the other day when I was on the hillside where the Weir family used to throw things. They used to throw things actually out the door or window. And this is something not just the Weirs did, but what people did back then because they didn't have a garbage system. And so out the dining room door over the hill, I continually find all these pieces of stoneware and pottery and such. And there's been toy cars and grommets from boots from the late 1800s, early 1900s, just random things. And you know, all those things have been buried and slowly they have worked themselves up to the top of the surface. And it's fun to go dig and explore, you know, the physical things that are left behind. But I never planned to come out here and research this home. But when I did, I tell you what, even today, I still continue to peel back layers of this home's history and the people who lived here. And it is, it's remarkable. And for those of you who might be an old house steward or those of you who are interested in buying an old home, I encourage you to go out and search. And I've heard a lot of people say, oh, my home doesn't have history. I can't find it. But let me tell you, friends, you can find it. It's You have to kind of be investigative and read quite a bit. And so I'm excited to share with you some of the Weir's home history. But what makes this really a great month to share it is that it's September and it's International Underground Railroad Month. And they chose September because of Harriet Tubman and Frederick Douglass's escape from freedom or I'm sorry, escape from slavery uh, to freedom. And so I'm going to share part of the home's history today. And the reason why it's appropriate is in all my research, I have uncovered that what I was once told by a local historian, that this area that we live in certainly was not, would never have any part of helping aid freedom seekers. I actually uncovered and found out it's quite the opposite. This was a very abolitionist area who, in fact, were 
gathering and meeting and trying to find ways that they could help these freedom seekers head north. And so I'm going to begin sharing with you about the Weirs and their settlement here in Butler County. Now, in the 1800s, John Weir, he was a native of Somerset County, Pennsylvania. He traveled west and he settled in the area of what became known as Butler County, Ohio. John Weir and his wife, Sarah, were some of the earliest settlers in the area, and they married in Butler County at a time that is unknown. I have no, I haven't been able to find their documents, their records, but that's not uncommon. On September 21st, though, of 1819, John Weir was awarded the deed to 192 acres by President James Monroe. Previous, though, to John Weir owning the land, there was a blacksmith by the name of Henry Shillings, and he had a shop on the property. But unfortunately, Mr. Shillings passed away in 1816 while he was at the blacksmith shop, and it left his wife behind and his many children. And it was then a few years later after his death that the property became John Weir's. Now, having shared this information on social media on my Facebook page, wouldn't you know I had one of the family members of the Shillings reach out to me and she mentioned that buried here on the property is his wife as well. During the early to mid-1800s, the homestead served as a prominent tavern stop to hog drivers on their way to Cincinnati to the markets, and it was known as, back then, Porkopolis. It was also a known tavern stop for turkey drivers who needed to tar the bottom of the turkey's feet so that they could continue on to market. And what's really interesting is I read from a reminiscence out of Indiana because for us at this at this location, it would be hog drivers coming from Indiana and heading into Riley. What I learned from the text is somebody's experience of traveling to Cincinnati with the hogs and not that they stopped here at our house, but they described what it would be like and in it, it mentions how the tavern owner would ride up on their horse in the evening up the road. They would see the driver along with all the hogs, and he would ask if they needed a place to stay. He would ask how many people were coming who needed to like stay and eat and such. And they would say, yes, we have room for you or no. And what would happen is the owner of the tavern would come back and prepare the area for the horses. So they would put feet up. They would let the uh, ladies in the house know how many people were coming to stay. And they would warm water so that they could clean up in wash bowls. And they would prepare, it said, biscuits and ham for them to have for supper. And it also mentioned that they would uh, sleep, if they were lucky, to have a bed in the home and for me i'm thinking we have a little room that just is above these worn stairs that would have been off the kitchen that they would have likely stayed but it was mentioned that if there wasn't room for them to sleep in a bed they would put their feet up to the fireplace and they would sleep there on the floor and then they would get up in the morning and have breakfast and then they would head out in addition to the weirs opening their home to those passing through the area 
on what was a highly traveled road, they were busy farmers. And from the 1800s through the 1900s, the Weir family became well-respected farmers in the community, and they were known for leading the way in new farming methods. John Weir passed away in 1853 at the homestead, and later his wife Sarah passed away in 1866 while living with John Jr. and his wife Nancy here at the homestead. A family cemetery once existed here at the homestead with the first burial having been in 1815 per local records. Now, there has been no luck in identifying who all was buried here on the property in 1815. And, you know, I suspect it was Henry Schillings since it was mentioned in local text that he was here and maybe possibly his wife after talking to that family member. Um, But both John and Sarah along with other family members, were buried here in the family cemetery. And it vanished, per local records, when the family sold the home out of the family in the 1960s. So my thought is, the last census record that had been done on the cemeteries listed the Weir Family Cemetery being here in the 1960s, But then in the next assessment, which happened after 1963 when it was sold, they came by to do the assessment and it's listed as just being gone. And there's no record of any um, anything being moved. And after a lot of research and talking to an expert, it's likely because of the condition of how people were buried back then that they wouldn't be able to move the entire contents of a grave, and in that case, you're not able to move them. So while the headstones are no longer here, we have some flat um, stones that do exist still in the cemetery area. There's been family here that has visited, and they talked about the cemetery being there and about the area, and it's consistent on the uh, maps that they have of the property from long ago. And with that said, we respect the area as a cemetery. But one thing that I will share with you, and I'm going to end today with, is that I was metal detecting in the area just to kind of get a sense of maybe where things are in the ground. And I had a hit, and it was only a couple inches under the soil. And so I got my shovel and cut a little area, and very quickly... I peeled up from the ground a rectangular piece of tin about six inches long. And wouldn't you know, on that tin, someone had punched out the name Sam in capital letters. Now, I went back to the family records, and there was a boy named Samuel who passed away at one years old. And during the time period of when he passed in the 1850s, it would have made sense that he was buried here at the family farm in the family cemetery with John. And so I took the plate and cleaned it up a little bit and then I have put it back, but have made like a plaque out of it for Sam in the cemetery. So that is all I'm going to share today on the history of the Weir Homestead. Next week, please join me because I'm going to be sharing with you about the local rumor 
of our home being a stop on the Underground Railroad. Thank you so much for joining in with me today. I will see you next time.